Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. An Erio's Original The details of the Black Dahlia, I think, are so gruesome. And the fact that it was just like this woman who was ravaged. And it's just like when you just have to sit with that, it could be anybody feeling, mm -hmm. it's the worst. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. Welcome to The Margaret Cho. I'm Margaret Cho. And today we talk to Karen Kilgariff, who is the host of the incredible podcast, My Favorite Murder. My favorite podcast, I love it. Exactly Right is her podcast network, which has great podcasts like Murder Squad, This Podcast Will Kill You, The Fall Line, The Percast. It's an honor to talk to her. Also, she's a, she's a very good friend. Karen Kilgariff. Yeah, I'm coming out of the dark. So I wanted to talk about the Gallegos. I thought that you had covered the Gallegos because that's such a, the Gerald and Sh Charlene Gallegos is such a Sacramento story. Yes. That I thought you'd covered it before, but I was like, I guess not. No. I was surprised I didn't. And I did have Jay double check because we're now at the point where I can't tell anymore mm -hmm. what I've heard of, what we've talked about, what George has talked about. Like, I just don't know. So I, that yeah. did shock me because mm -hmm. that was a very, that along with like the Trailside Killer was mm -hmm. a very Bay Area foundational yeah. team murder yeah. story. Yeah. And th that was one that I um, remember actually. And it was kind of like for me, it, it was associated a little bit with um, it's a little bit later, but it was it reminded me around the same time of like Hillside Strangler and Toolbox Killer uh, and Sunset Strip Killers. Yes. Because I remember when my family came, we would go and um, we would come from San Francisco to Huntington Beach in the summer because my cousins lived here. So we'd come down and my parents would be talking about the Hillside Strangler. Yeah. I was probably about 10 and I didn't know what rape was. So I asked our, one of our cousins what rape was. And they said, oh, that's when they take you to the side of a hill and they spread your legs. And I'm like, well, why? <laughs> they're like, I don't, they're like, I don't know. Just, what's they going just, on? They just like want to just spread your legs or something. And I'm <sighs> like, okay. And I was just really scared. And like our parents like wouldn't really tell us what it was, but that was all happening here. 
Right. And that was the time where parents thought if they talked about it in front of you, but just changed the like nouns or something or like just left out every other sentence that you wouldn't pick up on the hideous vibe of everyone panicking because there's like in that case, multiple murderers just Mm -hmm. picking people off, posing as cops. Like, yeah, that one's a scary one. The the three different ones operating all in 1978, all kind of on this side in Hollywood and here. Yeah, because I know that the. First place was 1950 Tamarind, which was right by um, Mayfair or Gelson's now. Yes. That, um, but Bronson Park. Yeah. Then it was all this, all kind of by the 134. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was all like young women. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. That one is so, it's so terrible. Also, there's, we've gotten a lot of like, um, I don't know if you've heard those hometowns where people write in and they're like, my mom actually came home from school one day and there was two guys watching her from a car. Oh. Like, we've had stories where people's moms having near misses with the Hillside Stranglers. Oh, yeah. That are, I think that's kind of like, to me, the most, that's peak like hometown story. Yeah. And the most scary because you don't realize how many like near misses. Yes. You know, and they're like out trolling every night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of us, I think, have had experiences like that. I don't know if this was you or I remember as like one of this things of I feel like it was you who told me the story that when you came home somewhere and then you pressed on a closet door and it pressed back? Yes. What was that? What was that? That, that was you. That was you. That was me. And mm-hmm. that was when I was, I uh, had flunked out of college, moved home from Sacramento, was living in Petaluma before I moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So it was this weird, it was like the worst gap year that was <laughs> the least exotic yeah. gap year taking place in Petaluma. <laughs> um, and I had gone to Sacramento for the weekend, hung out with my friends, lots of drug taking and uh, lots of coke, which I think made me very paranoid yeah. um, and behave. I didn't realize how paranoid I was or like I didn't get the behavior yet because I hadn't done it that much. Mm-hmm. So when I came home, I was I think I had taken a shower and I was going to sleep, which was not usually what I did but it was like from the trip Mm -hmm. and so I took the shower then I was blow drying my hair and I heard a noise Mm. and it was a noise like someone moving through the house and the cat had been acting super weird Mm. and real flinchy and you know but also underlying could it be the drugs who knows but whatever I go into my parents room and I just stand there and the cat's like tail is twitching and it's staring off into like one direction and then I look and my parents closet door is closed it was like a walk-in closet and it always was open so -hmm. then I just got that weird feeling and I was like no one's in there it's just someone closed it whatever and so I tried to open it and it pushed back (gasps) and I just ran out of the house and ran to my old neighbor Andy Withingtons who lived out in the country where we used to live woke him up and his friend Craig they got into the car and came back to my house with me mm-hmm. and were giving me shit the whole time of like, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. And then we're walking around my parents' room and then I look up and the door to the attic or the little thing to the attic is turned to the side. Oh, uh-huh. and so <laughs> then the three of us became convinced that the robber while I left and then came back. So he didn't choose that time to escape. He went up into the attic and that we, then we all freaked out. We all ran outside. Andy called the cops. It was a whole, we had Petaluma police in our backyard and Mm -hmm. then they went through the whole house and it was nothing. Oh, but there's some, it feels like somebody was there. I felt it. The cat was acting like it. I undermine, or I under like cut my own confidence in the story because when you, 
like do drugs all weekend, who knows what you're doing and what you're like, you know, doors pushing back on you and who knows whatever. But yeah, it was a real experience as it was happening. That's for sure. Well, it's better to ask for help instead of just go, oh, it's nothing, you know, or and make, going to sleep. Or, yeah, yeah. And push, push that fear down. I right. mean, I think what's happened for like a lot of people listening to you is so, which is so great, is that people are now learning to, you know, fuck politeness and not make that um, something to be embarrassed about. Like to completely feel like my safety is more important than what society agrees upon. Yeah. And I think that's really valuable. And I feel like you guys have saved a lot of lives because of that. You know, I mean, that would be the ultimate. I thank you. I, that's I mean, that's very cool. It's like a cool feeling. And it mm -hmm. is true. I think I mean, part of the reason I think I love telling that story is because we did. It was a small town. So the cops were there in literally one and a half minutes. And they were so stoked to be pretending they were the SWAT team. It was like oh, everybody yeah. won in that scenario. Every, yeah. You know, they had their flashlights up near the tops of their heads. They were being very police-like and the whole thing. And it really did feel like, even though I was 20 and never paid taxes in the city of Petaluma, it was, it was like, <laughs> these are my taxpayer dollars at work. Yes, you work for me or whatever. So yeah, it actually felt great just to have people be like, no, there's no one here and nothing here. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's good. I think so. I think it's good. And it's like, we don't even realize, but I think like young women in the world we're the most at risk like I've never felt more unsafe like as a teenager and that's oddly the time that you feel the most confident yes like you can do anything I think it's you're confident and you know some but it's like that danger of a little knowledge where you don't know what you don't know mm -hmm. so you kind of go into things thinking this is gonna go my way and you know what actually as you make that point it makes me think of like that's the trap. What I just said about undercutting myself because I had taken drugs, so who knows what I was thinking and I'm crazy. Yeah. That's what happens to young women when they drink or in any kind of social situation where everybody else is doing the exact same thing. But if you do it and then something, ha some asshole does something to you, it's on you because how dare you drink? Even yeah. though that's what everybody does. And, you know, most people do yeah. it with never suf suffering any consequences. But yeah. suddenly you like we are conditioned to turn it on ourselves and be like, well, you know, I'm the drug addict, so whatever. And it's like, no, there mm -hmm. shouldn't be anybody no, doing no, anything to no. you. And it's like, you know, to to really like be aware that the world is not so safe. And it's actually, you know, it's 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 up to us to be like very conscious of it. And I think it's good as like women who, you know, are talking about these issues to make it more commonly like acceptable to just be shitty to people who try to come at you yes try to be you know it's like i've i have such a long history of trying to be polite of course and it's it's like it's so crazy when i was like i remember when i was really young and coming home from the holy city zoo it's probably like 17 or 18 or something and um i just started to drive and uh so i was really nervous about driving and i had driven home and this tow truck came in like in front of my parents house and they were asked he was asking me like well, you know, you hit a lady back there and she's really upset. You have to come with me. And I was like, I I, I was like, really? And I was scared because I was like, I might have. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, yeah. I could have hit somebody. I have no idea. And I was going to go with him. And then he like looked over, like his eyes looked behind me for a second. And it was like this thing of like, I'm not telling the truth. Like, is she really doing it? It was like this thing of like, oh, she bought it. Like, <gasps> okay. 
And then I just started running. Yes. And he took off so fast. Like, the it was like a huge tow truck and it would just like bolted out of there like so quickly. And I'm like, oh my God, I wonder, I mean, who does that? Like who, but that is such a good cover story. Mm -hmm. Every you, it's so easy to believe Mm -hmm. like the hillside stranglers where people show the slightest bit of authority. Mm -hmm. You're in the wrong. I'm in the right. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to bring you to justice. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh no. Cause we all think we're, you know, doing something wrong all the time. Yeah. And then boom, you're in a car with the doors locked or whatever. That's so scary. It was so scary. And a tow truck has this, police-like um, authority and maybe even pseudo-safety feel to it. Right. He's supposed to be helping you. Yeah, and there's lights on it. Like, if there's yeah. lights on a car, <laughs> there's, for some reason, there's something, like, you've got to, it's a government thing and you've got to go with them. Right. Remember when John Travis used to have his police flashlight and he would pretend to pull people over? <laughs> Do you... <laughs> We, yeah, <laughs> me and CJ and Danny were in CJ's car one time. We had just smoked pot. We were parked outside of like uh, La Luz de Jesus or somewhere mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And literally it was just like, I just passed the pipe forward and then flick. We hear, get out of the car, please. And I immediately <laughs> yelled, I knew it. Like really dramatically. Uh-huh. And then we look and it's fucking John Travis. Like <laughs> pretending that he's, I got so mad. I was like, I bought that hook, line and sinker. I was like, I'm in prison. Uh-huh. Who will get me out? I don't have enough money for oh, bail. No. That's so funny. And high, like right yeah, when you smoke pot. The worst. Not cool. The worst. He, he loved to sort of pull that authority it's a, he had that voice. It's like you just thought you just imagine. Of course, that, of course, that's a cop, a, co- a cop, or like an ESP <laughs> two ESPN two announcer. <laughs> I just like when John Travis would be like, um, he had that crazy um, miner's beard, and he would be <laughs> at my house, and he'd be like, "There's gold downstairs," and then he would run down the stairs. That was always the best. He was great for uh, conversational social comedy. He was yeah. he was probably one of the best. The funniest, just uh, just I don't know guys around, but yeah. uh, just ridiculous humor. That was kind. Of, it was kind of like dad jokes before we even knew what that was. Yeah, because he always had his hands on his hips. He was always like striking the pose of like I'm at this party, but I'm really just watching you guys. Yeah, you and know? looking down like <laughs> you know like with a furrowed brow. Yeah, and um, then there was this period of time where he uh, really liked to make his lips really white. So he would like <laughs> close his lips really hard, like it was like an asshole, and then he would do it so hard that his all the blood would leave his lips, and it would be white. <laughs> so stupid. So good. You know what's funny is someone recently told me we were passing this bar, and they're like, "See that bar? It has some dumb name." And I look up, and I'm like, "You mean the People Tree?" <laughs> That bar is still there. They just changed the name of it. They did. They dated to, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the weirdest bar because it's kind of like in an office building. Yeah. It's right by the, it's by, by the Palladium. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, it's across the street from the Palladium. And uh, it just seems like it wouldn't be fun. It was it like numbers. No, that was a different, that was this Hustler numbers. bar. <laughs> numbers was the Hustler bar that was next to Greenblatt's and the Laugh Factory. Yes numbers that you would go and if you were um an older gay gentleman with some money you could get a younger uh friend a, a, a nice friend a friend for the evening to join you um, <laughs> they're, at, they're at numbers at numbers you could get if you yeah if you had some money to spend they would they would be there for you yeah which There's, is a weird 
They would be your numbers friend. I think. Probably yeah. someplace you would maybe meet an Andrew Cunanan. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or something. Yeah. I just met um, Darren Chris. Oh, yeah? And I was so excited because I was like, oh, it's Andrew Cunanan. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were in San Francisco during the Andrew Cunanan years. Yes. Yeah. Like right. that whole like, um, so it's like early 90s San Francisco where um, you would go buy something and regret it because it was at from Rolo. <laughs> like there was nothing to buy in the Castro because it was all geared to men. Yes. So, but I don't know why I wouldn't want to go anywhere. So I would just buy something at Rolo. Yeah, you, well, it was the time where it was kind of cute for girls to dress like old men. Mm-hmm. So everyone, you'd be like, fine, I'll wear a bowling shirt. Yeah, I'll just put it. I'll just put on a choker, also, and the most <laughs> lipstick I can, and I'll ca- try to counterbalance my dad clothes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's 1991. That was the weird. Yeah, I would wear like a lot of corduroy, mm-hmm. so you could always hear if I was coming or going. <laughs> there was a sound. Oh, Margaret, are you home? <laughs> like if like me or like Janine, somebody would walk it. Yeah, we wore a lot of. I think you would you would wear a corduroy too. I loved a corduroy. I loved the problem with me was always the hips. So if any of those real uh, grungy types of pants, unless they were like Dickies or Ben Davis, they were always too narrow because they were like Levi's. So it'd be I would need these weird. They would end up the proportions would be weird. And of course, we weren't going to tailors back then. No, (laughs) we weren't getting alterations. (laughs) Could you imagine? That would be good. No, I know. Like I know I had always a hip problem, too. So I would always have to find like the really um, the very large uh, pants. Yeah. You know, and then belt them at the top. I don't know, but it was now, like we were longshoremen from the yeah. pa- ghosts of longshoremen that had come to the Castro to see if they could drink. I know. Yeah. But now I see young girls wearing that kind of stuff today. I know. And I feel bad. I I wish they had learned the choker lesson, which is <laughs> it doesn't look good on you unless you are from uh, a scary story to tell in the dark where it's <laughs> just holding on your head. It's just holding, holding on your, your head, head on and you. if you take it off it's it's fall. The thing I like about chokers is that I I know that I carry all of my age in my neck wrinkles. <laughs> So if I can cover that up with it, and you can only do a turtleneck for so long, so I always wish that a choker will look good on me because then I can cover up my neck wrinkles. I remember for a little while you were rocking a super cute kerchief. That is a good oh, look yeah. on you. That is that is something like a you know like an ascot. Yes, yeah. You know? It was kind. Of, well, it looked like you were doing a French boating look, and I was super oh, into that, it. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I think that's a good solid go-to of all the looks we've done in our past i remember you gave me that i think it was a sean cassidy baby tee it was pink oh yeah yeah was it sean cassidy or mm-hmm. scott bale yeah it was, i think it's sean cassidy and it was just like just too high up from my weirdly fitting corduroy pants and we were kind of walking around you're like this, this shirt looks so cute on you and i was just like the whole time like i don't buy it i oh, can't do it no and we were walking around i did i mean i did my best but that yeah. look of like if you were like 5'11", and, mm-hmm. and you weighed 100 pounds. You were set. You were set. Well, it's kind of like that. I was always trying to look like Chloe Sevigny and kids. Yes. You know, with like... <laughs> with your tape on your nipples. Yeah. The whole look. <laughs> with like the baby shirt, though. Like the thing about yes. the 90s is that the clothes were like... It was like a child's... Not even a child, like a toddler, like 3X. Yes. Shirt <laughs> with like the elastic around the neck. Yeah. And also a lot of marabou around the neck of things and space buns like 
Bjork bonds. Wait, is marabou like fake fur? Marabou is like the um, feathers that are like kind of like a boa, like you would wear if you were like, um, oh yeah, uh, you know, um, ho- Halloween kind of like boa, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, like a thin boa, like that. But like, <laughs> oh, that's right, like the really fuzzy, yeah, really yes. fuzzy. And with the baby barrettes. With baby barrettes, but like a marabou, like a mesh shirt <laughs> with marabou around the cuffs, which I think only looks good on Bjork. Yes. I feel like Bjork is the only one. Bjork and remember when you, me, and Janine all wore that dr- the same dress on Buster's Happy Hour? We all just put a different thing underneath it, but it was like a, a baby tea dress that was yes. silver sparkles. Yes. And Janine did a t- purple turtleneck. I did a mesh, sh- black mesh shirt that looked insanely terrible. Mm-hmm. And I think you just did it sleeveless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember that? That's so funny. Yes. Because we were, did, we didn't have anything. Um, so we would all wear the same thing for like, yeah, Buster's Happy Hour, which is a weird thing about thinking about that guy doing a comedy special special in it like in his character of hot 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 guy because it was kind of in that time of like swing had just sort of arrived it was a very like a squirrel nut zippers (laughs) khakis from the gap type of era yeah 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 khakis from the gap and then you would go to the derby and they'd like do uh, swing dancing with um greg's sister yes (laughs) all of a sudden you had to know swing dancing it's so weird it's hard enough just to be drunk or and also the liberty uh, hair liberty rules for hair that was kind oh, of a forties yeah. hair. It was so hard. That's why when I lived in San Francisco, when we were in San Francisco, in like it was you know ninety ninety one ninety two whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that was remember the Cafe du Nord mm-hmm. or or that one that was in the Upper Hate where literally people were like cosplaying like Veronica Lake and yeah. the guy with the. The one bartender who had slicked back hair looked like a gas station attendant from yeah. 1955. Yeah. It was like they were doing it. I remember going and hanging out and just being like, I could not pull this off on a daily basis. I'm so lazy. I know. I'm so lazy. I could never. But it was a kind of thing where they w- those kinds of people were around and then they all got PT cruisers and drove away. <laughs> like they just all got into their they PT dro- cruisers. And drove to Pinole. Yeah. And then they're like, you know, it, it's just it, it's just different. They just live somewhere else. They live somewhere else. But one time I saw the Veronica Lake woman who was from that upper hate bar in the gap on market where oh, it worked yeah and it was very jarring because it didn't make sense that an actress from the 40s was in the gap <laughs> looking at the sale rounder i was just like what but You're it was that it. yeah that that kind of thing that people that were so vintage that they were going to be vintage all the way yes and um it was really jarring to see them How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You guys are having a con. Well, it's almost like a con- convention. It's a mini. It's the whole weekend yeah. in in Santa Barbara. Yeah, which I think is so exciting um, to have all of. And then, so all of your exactly right shows are also going to do live versions too. Most of them. There's people who don't live like the women who live who do. Um, this podcast will kill you. The mm-hmm. one about communicable yeah. diseases. Yeah, which is really good. It's great. One um, one lives on the East Coast. I think she's moving out here eventually. But the other one lives in Finland right now because they're mm-hmm. like. Um, master students or something like yeah. that so yeah there's people all over so the ones that are here and close by and could make it mm-hmm. so there's going to be i think four or five um and they tried to get us to do it on a boat but i was like can't we just start on land and see how that goes first mm-hmm. um so <laughs> on a boat <laughs> don't make me do it on a boat <laughs> i get but, seasick you know but how <laughs> like 311 does a boat cruise and there's uh-huh. tons of people that do it yeah but i was just like i mean it's I think like oh yeah, I think Rick Springfield did one. Yeah, where or um, they sometimes do like an '80s one with a lot of like different '80s bands. Yeah, yeah, like Rock the Boat. Like yeah, they have yeah. So the whole fun of it is that you're all together like out at sea. Mm-hmm. But I've watched too many of those videos where like the waves come up and then the piano sliding back and forth uh, and yeah. old people are crying. Yeah, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to be on a boat. No, I get seasick. So I I also get very claustrophobic on boats. And those rooms are tiny yeah they're the smallest places that's hard it's not good for someone with claustrophobia (laughs) or someone who doesn't want to be on a boat no it's too much but i like the idea that you're going to be like there and then you have my favorite thought of it of it is like i think the best thing would be um well i would love to see murder squad um live yeah because those guys are great i'm a little bit friendly with billy jensen he's the greatest he's so cool yeah he's really awesome he's so cool he's like somebody that we would see at pritzy's pizza or somebody (laughs) we'll go to fellini's with him yes after after everything else is closed he's the guy that that hangs out at fellini's but he's not a comic so we have more respect for him because he actually has a real job yeah and like an education and isn't fucked up all the time yeah yeah very fellini's vibe guy and um and and paul host i mean they're they're legit Yes, they are. Like, very much like a cool, um, I love their podcast, but I love that it's like, you know, it's like like really like crime people, like somebody who covers it, somebody who solves it. It's like they're both in it. They, they're they true experts. Mm-hmm. It's not the, um, like our version, it's the talking dead version of true crime, which is how we do it. <laughs> it's like the people who are like, oh, I was actually there when this body no, was it's, found. It's, it's really interesting. It makes it, I think it's just a different way to engage it, but I think... It, these days, that's the legitimacy people really want because they want yeah. to d- figure out the truth of these stories and then like actually help solve them, mm-hmm. which is so awesome the way yeah. they do it. But I think with yours, what it is is important is really about cautionary tales of like, like this could happen to you, so you have to like safeguard. That's that's really important. Yeah, you know, and it's something that we never even talked about when you came to talk about 
true crime in any capacity. You didn't talk about like, okay, well, this is how that happened. So maybe like next time if you're doing this, don't do that. Right. Or like make sure you look and see, you know, because this is the worst thing that could happen, which right. I think is really important. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's really good. A big part of the way people got so excited about it in the beginning was people said over and over, like, I just thought this was me or I was reading this stuff by myself or I felt mm-hmm. like it was my dirty little secret. Yeah. And it just made me think of how... <laughs> I th- I thought the same thing, but you were the person who like we would always go to that weird fucked up bookstore that had like independent press. Yeah, a muck. books. A was muck. It? it was a muck. A muck. That's a right. Muck on on Vermont. And you you had the money, so you would always get the books, and I'd be like, "Yay, those books are going to be around now," because I just knew <laughs> yeah. I'd pick it up when you put it down. But it was like all that stuff where, but I think that was a little bit of what that uh, same time of the Riot Girl ish, yeah, na- early nineties was. It was the punk rock aspect of fuck you i'll do whatever i want and read whatever i want mm-hmm. i'm interested i'm also interested in this Patton. it's not yeah. just your thing it's not just you Patton. <laughs> we like it too i know it was it was kind of like well amok was really interesting because and it was also this culture that was developing around crime and the history of crime and also um death yes you know it was like really looking at death as this thing of like oh this is actually a, a road you could go down yes like you could actually die and it was this end of innocence towards like teen culture where we were actually getting very real about it and looking at sort of the very dark aspects of life yeah and so amok was a very big part of that because that was a place where you would buy a book like death scenes which was um police photography from the 40s yep and um so you could look at all the stuff and we were all talking about um steve hodell's book and who had just come out and talking about his dad and uh you know uh, black dahlia and all of the stuff and so we were looking at sort of conspiracy theories and this idea that um, some things happen in the world that we cannot predict or can't understand. Well, and this, like the details of the Black Dahlia, I think are so gruesome and extreme that like trying to theorize who could do that and Mm -hmm. why they would do it is, will be endlessly fascinating until they actually get some proof because it makes tons of sense that it was Dr. Hodel and the way that house was set up and the way that weird hidden surgery room. I mean, everything about it is so fucking creepy, but on top of it, you go, well, the way like it's, suddenly you're actually able to make connections in your head because you're like, oh, yeah, because it's a doctor and he's, you know, he's a weird psychopath, but also he has opportunity and da-da-da. And it all starts to, like, line up. Mm-hmm. Whereas when when there's no one and it's a question mark and you just see that woman with the huge smile cut mm-hmm. into her face, she's the fucking original Joker. Like, yeah. it's where nightmares come from is yeah. that story and the fact that it was just, like, this woman who was ravaged. And it's just, like, when you just have to sit with that, it could be anybody feeling mm-hmm. it's the wor it's the worst yeah it's the so extreme it's so extreme and it's so um it you know i and i listen to the root of evil it's mm. like so it's even more crazy when you know about the family yeah like even outside of the possibility that he could have been the murderer in that case it's like all of the shit that that was going on yes with tamar and every, i mean it it's insane it's you writing it's it, like because we did a like a special thing with the i am the night series that was on mm-hmm. tnt and like getting into those details of it where you're just like this seems fake if this wasn't based on a true story you'd be like oh don't don't put that in there that's just gross and extreme and crazy yeah and it's like no no that's the real family that's what he did yeah. to all those people it's just horrifying it's so horrifying but it's like really i mean it's just it, it is so it's a comfort to like now 
talk about that and maybe have find some reasoning like why this kinds of thing happen kind of things happen and try to figure it out which is what I I appreciate about your podcast and also I love it like I was just I sh- I'll show you in a minute but I was drive every once in a while I'll be driving behind somebody with a stay sexy don't get murdered <laughs> SSDG <laughs> Every like I'll flash <laughs> as a, there's so much of that around, which I think is so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, it's it's, so cool. it's bewildering how yeah. Um, yeah, it's really nice. It's just like kind of uh, it's very surreal. It's surreal. And yeah. Oh, the best part of the weekend, I think, is going to be the art show. Isn't that the best? That's the best. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited about that. Because I love all the animation and like all the dolls and like the cross stitch and the embroidery. And Everyone is so good. fucking talented and crafty. Like yeah. when we try to make our merch, we go, we are so stressed out. We like go through the mill because mm-hmm. we know we're like the people that want to buy our stuff. You have to please a certain like, you know, taste point, basically. Yeah. Like you have to get to you have to do something new because like. When we meet people at the live shows, people walk up with these shirts. We're like, oh, why are yeah. we making that? Like, I'm jealous of every shirt. I it's see. so creative. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then you get to spotlight them. And it's just I think and then I think what's so great is they're so excited to show you. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. they're like really like thrilled. There's a there's a group once that walked up and they had a whole stay sexy. Don't get murdered in wingdings. It was written out, so oh it looked, looked like crazy code. And they're like, "It's oh, just wingdings." Oh, it was hilarious. It's just like people are having fun with it yeah. in a very cool way. Yeah. I never believed in the internet before, and now I do. Well, now you do, <laughs> and now you see. And the reach is broad. It's in all of these countries, which is so also really great, and it's it's exciting. And I love it, like because I now have enriched my life so much through all of your recommendations, your fucking yays, like. <laughs> Definitely, um, Happy Valley has really enhanced my life. Uh, as with Broad Church, oh all my of, god, all of the British <laughs> procedurals just pouring just, over you like I'm, a cool water. It's like so, like it, I'm just it. It's so improved my life. Yeah, just having the rhythmic tones of a calm British person yeah. trying to seek justice. With Luther, like I, I love all of the diversity there too. Just like from Luther to like Prime Suspect to you know uh, Broad Church to. Did you see the new one with the guy from Dave? It's David Tennant, right? David Tennant. Yeah, the new the guy from the um, Doctor from, Who. Or no, is it from Broad the Ch- Who? It's from the Who. The Broad Church, um, the Broad Church guy. Yeah, yeah. So he has a new one where he's the criminal. I haven't seen that one. Oh, yet. I haven't either. That one I'm excited. New to watch. on Netflix. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna write that. It's down like a limited to... series. Okay, so that's a good one. That would be great to see him as the criminal. Yeah. Okay. But um, we should we should do um, a procedural. Okay, great. We should do like a British style procedural here. Okay, per- we'll do bad accents. Yeah. Well, no, we, we could just be American. Or we could do... Well, you did a, a show over there. Did you have a, a British accent? No, no. I played the, an American sister. And oh. Anne Dudek was my sister. Um, she's on corporate now. And uh, yeah, so thank God I got to... T- I was supposed to talk like this, if not worse. And like, you know... <laughs> what do you mean worse? Like, <laughs> like the... What do they call it? Vocal uh, fry. A vocal you know, fry. Everything was like, shut up. I was like the most hilariously... It was the perfect part for me because it was just like, never stop being a bitch this entire it. show. Yeah. It's so good. It was, it was like I knew I had it. You yeah. know what I mean? I was never worried about... Getting reaching those bitch places that I needed to hit. Oh, so good. No, I um I I think we should do a show that's like the one that uh, one another one that I got from fucking Ye which uh, which was um the uh one that's with Tony Collette and the the one that you like from Nurse Jackie. 
Um, oh yes, Marin. Oh, that's the Merit, un, un, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah. 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 Oh my god, it was so good. So heavy. So heavy, but also. I I was really into. It. I know that like Georgia had to take breaks. Yeah, but I was like in it. Like yeah. I couldn't stop. Yeah, that's how I do it. It's um I don't if if it's heavy like that I have to power all the way through it and yeah. get to like where they end up and just hang on. Yeah. What I liked is like that it was just unrelent unrelenting. Yeah. It's like they didn't let you have a rest like none of these women got to rest. No, exactly. It was no, really it's good. Part of the experience is yeah. It was so good and real. And also, did you ever watch um. This that woman, Merritt Weaver, that's mm-hmm. her name. She was in that cowboy show that she was basically played John Wayne in. Oh no! She was like the sheriff. It was so good. Um, I'll try to think of the name of that She's one. She's such a good actress. Like she, um, it's so effortless. Yes, you know it's like rare when you see an actor that you're like, oh my god. Robin, I think Robin Zweig, I think her name is Swigert. Swigert Mm -hmm. does that for me when she's Annie Oakley. (laughs) Yes, for real. She's so far in it. She's so far in it that it's like, I'm just with you. Yeah. And it's so effortless for you, but. Almost like Merritt Weaver's on the other end of that range where she is so pulled back. And then the second she says one syllable, you're like, yes. Like she's, it's tiny drops, which is more realistic. Yeah. You know, instead of like monologizing about. Yeah. Everything. She's just like the person that says three things and gives a weird look. Yeah. And it's like you really see that it's like oh, I can see the acting because you're thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, and I really buy it. Right. Which is so she's great. Instead so of I, gestures. I love, yeah. <laughs> which I, I mean, yeah. So let's do let's do a, um, a procedural like that. OK. I would like to if I could pitch into this idea, I would like to do a, fold in some elements of Vera. Did you watch that one with Brenda Blethlin? Oh, no, no, no. Now I have to watch that now. You have to. Oh, my God. Because she is it's northern. So she has that different cut. Oh, kind of. It's a very like <laughs> she's singing all the time. I love it. And she's kind of like momish. And she always has the biggest raincoat on because mm. it's up there where like the, yeah. the sun doesn't exist yeah and it's all rolling hills and moors and stuff uh-huh. and it's just so good because it's always somebody discovering old bones in a barn and then them putting a, mm. one of those big white tents around it you know the story i have to i know i have to watch vera i, I mean i i want there to be another happy valley though that i think oh, that's probably my favorite because she really kicks everybody's ass yes she does and she does it <laughs> in a very like this is how you would do it if you were a police person that yeah. first scene where she's talking the guy off the jungle gym or whatever yeah yeah you just go like oh yeah this is when you don't just go around shooting everybody the actual police work is being like excuse me sir hello like mm. i have to break in in a mom way to be like get off the jungle gym and give me that lighter fluid or it's whatever so good. he had i know it's it's so so. I think good. there'll be another one. This there is, has to be. They keep talking about would it be like season three? I, I would think. Also, isn't it crazy that her sister is that um, bitchy old uh, maid from Downton Abbey? <laughs> yes, and she looks so different without and the acts bangs. So different, yes, without the bangs. I know it's so different. It's like, oh my god, she's now she goes from being like this tight ass Irish maid, yeah, with that's like a human bun mm. to like the drug addict sister. Where yeah. it's just like, God bless you, British so actors. So good. It's all about the range over there. They're so good. They're so good. And you're so good. I'm so glad that you came over. And I, me too. I, I'm I am a diehard murderino. Thank you, Margaret. Love it so much. And Thank then I you. love I get really excited when it's like I know you're telling a story that I know or that you uh, one of the cast of millions of our friends <laughs> is in. I get really excited. It's There's so, so good. many. Yeah. It's like the most fun game of Georgia will pull out a like a random noun and I'll be like, hold on a second. I've got one. 
so yeah, good. I know. But I know everybody, well, you're not on the Insta. Your podcast is on the Insta. Yes, the and podcast Elvis is. And, and Georgia is. And but, I think someone is on there as me, well, but it, it is that, not me. It says that, I think they do uh, photo grabs of your Twitter. So it is you, <laughs> but once removed. God bless their soul. So that it, it is like basically what you've said on Twitter, but they take a photo of it and then they post it. <laughs> So it's kind of like, it is you. You know what? Removed. All my dreams have come true. That's so all I've ever wanted was that kind of really high, high focus attention. Um, that's hilarious. But we're also going to be just if, if to do a plug, we're going to be in the UK and Ireland the week of Thanksgiving. And there's, I think there's tickets left in um, maybe Dublin because I think we added a night. But there's London, Manchester, Glasgow, Ooh. maybe Edinburgh. I can't remember. I'm sure. I'm sure if you're going all that way, you would definitely go to Edinburgh, right? Just, it's just hit hit them all. Yeah, I mean, it's like such a great. It's such a great thing. Like they are they are such diehard fans of yours. You know. Yeah. I mean, I noticed that you go you go there a lot. Yeah, yeah. Which is so cool. My thing is like, and I feel like I remember you saying this during the days when you were doing colleges, or mm-hmm. just like if they want to book me, I'm doing it. Like I'm taking these gigs while yeah. I can. Yeah. Because it's a. Uh, uh, that's how I feel about it. It's just like things like this are you, they come and go. It's a you know we all know about the wheel of fortune. So it's might as well like do every show. It's great while people want you to. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's great, and it's so. But it's a lot of work because you have to do a new show every time you do one. Yeah, it's so it's a, not like stand up comedy. It's like. It's definitely like a lot of writing, a lot of research. We call it the homework show. Yeah. And it is ironic because I never, ever did my homework. And now it's like I've forced myself to finally do it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's great. Thank you. We're so grateful. Oh, thank you. Thank you, (laughs) It's so fun. Um, Thanks for having me. SSDGM. I mean, I should get a tattoo. I, I'm like always thinking like where is it what would it be like I'm just trying to figure out like what it will look like but I will get an SSDGM tattoo that would be amazing and then if you do that I'll get a pompa tattoo got to <laughs> go to we down gotta go to pompa pompa 50% off at pompa, pompa. this weekend <laughs> thank you Karen thank you Margaret love you I love you never miss an episode of The Margaret Show subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen the Margaret Show is an Erio's production with editing by Kat Hong and original music by Garrison Starr. Erio's powered by Acast. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.